doing, Zach Cassidy? Adam Henry, Bobby Jones. Jeff Jarrett. Joe Siddle. TJ Laramie. And Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Wind City Sports. Yo, what up, everybody? My name is Rick Moore, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Wind City Sports is Windsor's only local sports radio show and podcast, live on CJAM 99.1 FM for Wind City Sports Radio every Thursday at 12.30 p.m., and you can hear replays on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. in Windsor and Detroit. You can catch every episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast, of course, we're listening to it right now, but it is available on every major podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, we are part of the brand new local Border City Podcast Network. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, every sort of social media at WinCity underscore sports. And we'll tell you how to access that as well as the podcast again at the end of the show as we normally do. But today is Thursday, August 29th, 2019. And it's episode 160 of Wind City Sports. We're rolling on to 200 to get there by next summer. <laughs> so this week on Wind City Sports, we're stepping away for hockey for a rare moment. I know we've been doing a lot of hockey episodes, but hey, that's Canada for you and that's Windsor for you. But there's so many different types of athletes and entrepreneurs in Windsor that just need their uh, their story kind of highlighted, which is pretty much the gist of the show in city sports we talk to local athletes we talk about local sports coaches whatever it may be might have someone from windsor on the show someone that is living in windsor or lived in windsor or has just been here a few times for whatever reason maybe has some connections here but this week on wind city sports we're talking to yet another windsor boy who actually moved out to vancouver bc not too long ago he was a pro boxer and amateur boxer here in Windsor. He started off at Border City Boxing Club, made his way through the ranks to pro, did many tournaments, many events overseas and all over North America. And now he's running his own business around boxing and fitness. He has a crazy awesome story and he's a crazy awesome guy. This week on Wind City Sports, it's Josh Cameron. There's a lot to talk about with Josh. We talk about obviously his entire career from an amateur to pro making his way through the ranks and growing up in Windsor, his connections in Windsor, and how it helped him to become an entrepreneur, become a businessman, and run his own business out in BC. How he ended up there, why he wanted to live there, and you know, just talking about traveling around the world. Yet alone traveling around the world for boxing and fitness and, and business, he has been everywhere. But there's one thing that Windsor kind of is the staple of, at least in North America, and that is pizza. So of course we talk about Windsor pizza and uh, you know coming home and those things that you like to do. Of course you got to get at least a slice or a pie from Bullseye or Naples or pretty well everywhere as we talk about. But <laughs> without further ado, we're going to jump into that interview in a few minutes here. Later on, we have a tiny bit of sports news we'll run down. Things are starting to pick up again with Lancer Sports, among other things. Then we're going to have the Spitfires and the Windsor Express very soon starting up. Training camp is actually next week. And we, uh, what else do we have? I guess that's pretty much it. But you will hear a lot more news on the Wind City Sports Radio Show. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this right now, uh, this drops Thursday morning. But uh, if you're too late, you can hear the replay. And if not, just keep up on our social media at WindCity underscore sports. Know what's going on in and around Windsor um, in the next little bit. Uh, we will have a little bit of more results and news on the radio show and a little bit today on Border City Wrestling and among other things that happen over the weekend. But before we get into the interview, I just want to tell you about Takedown Distribution at MTC Windsor on Dougal. 
Takedown Distribution is located in MTC, a martial arts facility where Kyle Preperlick, the UFC's own trains and coaches, actually. I went there not too long ago to grab some gear, and he was just running boxing class. So, you know, uh, a UFC fighter right here in Windsor teaching class, and they got a sweet store upstairs. If you go up there, they have everything you need for combat sports, martial arts, jiu-jitsu, boxing, whatever it may be. They have they have mouth guards, they have gloves, they have rash guards, they have everything, they have the defense soap, you know, I'm, my arm's a little itchy right now, and I really don't hope I don't have ringworm, and if so, I'm going to go see Mike Marchant over at Takedown Distribution on Dougal, located inside MTC, walk in, and go up the stairs, straight ahead, you'll see, he's got everything there, it's the best bet for your dollar, if you're into buying gear, if you're training at all, you need something new, and you're looking online, <laughs> some of that stuff is expensive, and it's an American dollar, and you gotta ship it to Canada, and you don't even get to try it on and see the thing. What if it doesn't fit you? You gotta send it back and wait another two weeks. So go on down to Takedown Distribution if you need a new gi or some boxing gloves or anything. Even if you need some new swag, you got some sweet wrestling shirts. And he makes his own gear too with guard kimonos and rash guards. Those gis should be coming soon, and I wanna grab myself one because mine's getting dirty. So that's Takedown Distribution at MTC on Dougal. Without further ado, let's bring it over to former pro boxer from right here in Windsor, Ontario, Josh Cameron. Here we go. So on the phone right now, we have a pro boxer from Windsor, a two-time ringside international champion, multi-time champion, Canadian in Ontario, uh, 2016 Olympic trials finalist, and the owner of JC Boxing and Fitness in Vancouver, BC now. Josh Cameron, welcome to the show, man. How you doing, brother? Good, man. It's finally uh, glad to get you on. I know we've been working on this for a little bit, so I want to get started with a little bit of background for you. Um, you're from Windsor. Where did you grow up and go to school and all that fun stuff? Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for asking. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm uh, street in Moy, back in Little Italy, and uh, you know I come from my mom's a Sicilian, my dad's uh, Irish-Scottish, and uh, then eventually moved to uh, Demonshire Heights. Um, my dad was a former boxing champion, so my dad was an Ontario champion. He was the third best in Canada, and then he competed at one of the first ever tough man competitions in Detroit. So I don't know if you're familiar with the tough man contest. No, that's pretty cool though. Tell me a little bit about that, from what you know. Yeah, so the tough man contests were like basically the first stages where people that didn't really have that much boxing experience. Maybe the guys that never turned pro, or maybe the guys that only had a few answers. These were these were cool, was because it was just straight up brawl. It wasn't like you know the tactician fight. It wasn't like a, a Mayweather fight, you know. Yeah. And so the first one ever was in North Northern Michigan, and the second one was in Detroit, Michigan. And the second one was probably the biggest one ever. And my dad happened to fight at that one, and that was his claim to fame, I guess you could say. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and then after that fight, he fought he fought one fight, and then he lost the second fight, and then. Uh, they captured a picture of him punching somebody. I can show it to you after. And that fight made the front the front uh, cover of the Tough Man contest the following year. So that's much how I got uh, educated in boxing with my dad. <laughs> well, that's pretty interesting. And, that's uh, pure Detroit fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. And uh, so my dad kind of, he didn't really put us, like, I have an older brother as well, he didn't really put us into boxing because, you know, it's a tough sport and, you know, he didn't want to he taught us in the backyard, you know, on the front lawn, and then he kind of just let it go because we were playing hockey, baseball, that mm-hmm. stuff. And then um, I, was, I was 11 years old, and I was, I guess, grade six, yeah, grade six, grade seven, and uh, I was just, I was getting picked on, I was getting bullied, wasn't do, doing too good in school, wasn't doing good in sports, and uh, 
I was just like, I was, I was just fighting too. I was getting picked on. So I had to fight at school and, you know, fighting the bullies, fighting my brother. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try with boxing. You know, I'm like, you know, maybe it'll help me, maybe it won't. And I just kept bugging my dad and kept bugging him. He's like, all right, but if you're going to box, you got to do it right. <laughs> so um, he checked out the Border City Boxing Club on Juilliard Road. And at the time, it was Josh Canty and Margaret Sidoroff as, as the two owners. So Margaret Sidoroff was already a four-time world professional champion. And Josh Canty was her husband. And they were, they, were, they were the coaches and the owners of the gym. And so my dad seen their operation, their vibe, and how they operated this gym. They put the kids first. Um, they put the community first. And after that, it's boxing. And then that's what you know my dad wanted for me. So I uh, went there at first, wasn't good. I was uncornered, I was shitty, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then uh, started to get better. And then, um, yeah, then like, I lost my first fight. So then again, the confidence was low, like, for me, but I wanted it so bad that after I lost that first fight, I just, I went all in. I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. You know, I was 11, 12 years old. I was getting up at 6 a.m. every morning, every single morning getting up running in snow, shine, uh, rain, didn't matter. Eventually, I won 10 straight fights after that. I became the Ontario champion that year, and then I became the ringside international champion. So that was in my first year of boxing. So that was in 2002, and then 2002 was called the ringside international championships. You've heard about that, right? Yeah. So at the time, from 2002 to about 2006, it was the biggest boxing tournament in the world. And they had, it was in Kansas City, Missouri, and it was, they had three rings when I first started, and eventually they had six rings in one arena. So you can only imagine, you know, six rings, six different fights going on at once, right? Yeah. And then, uh, so, um, but, you know, that was all, all good for, you know, my ego and, you know, for the sport. But what, what did for me those first two years was it changed my life. Um, my confidence started getting better. My grades started to get better. And once all those get better, you know, you're softening, you start to get better at sports and, you know, better friends, you know, and work before being so that's what I did. And then when I was 50, I was Poland. And then just after that, I got into a car accident. So I, I, I couldn't walk. I uh, broke my pelvis in a couple spots. Wow. So then that kind of shut me down. And then I came back at about 16, no, yeah, 16, 15, 16. And then I won the Junior Ontario title. And then I won the national title in 2007. Fought for Team Canada a couple times there. And then, you know, you're 19, 20, I kind of, you know, got into those college years, you know what I mean? Probably <laughs> drank more than I should have. <laughs> Started having fun. Went out. Yeah, it just had a little too much fun, you know. <laughs> I kind of fell off the box. I was still boxing, but I wasn't getting the results I wanted. And then, so I was still the Ontario champion, but, you know, I, was, I kind of fell off. And then, so I became a senior then, and then, once I became a senior, I got to start taking the series again. So I really, you know, and I started to, I went to university, um, started focusing a lot on my boxing again. And I won about five Ontario titles straight. I won Canada versus Italy. I won uh, the ringside championships again. Like as a senior old, as, a, as an adult, as a man. So it's funny, I went from winning it at 12 years old to winning it as, you know, a grown 22 year old man. So that was interesting. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I went to, I said, I was like, I was like second best. I kept finishing second, you know, for about four years after that, just missing the 2012 Olympics and the 2016 Olympics by a split decision. So that was, that was, that was heartbreaking. 
But uh, but by the time I was 26, you know, that's the span of you know 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. So at the time, I accumulated about 185 amateur fights, oh. which you know at that at that time, was, and uh, you know I fought about 15 of those fights in no headgear because they took away uh, no headgear for amateur boxing. If at like a high level senior boxing, there's no headgear anymore. They took them away. I don't know if you knew that. About 15 fights, no headgear, and I was like, you know what? That's, that's, I did I did what I could as a, as a boxer. And then, uh, and then I walked away, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I went through a little, went through a little period of dark place, I guess you could say. You know, I was down and out, and I was like, what am I gonna do with my life? You know, like I could have went. There's a perfect example. He had about 120 fights, 130 fights. He turned pro, and then he had about 50. So he had about 160, 180, right? Mm-hmm. Fights, and then, he, and then he retired. So I had 185 fights. So I had a little, you know what I mean? It was like. Yep. My span as a fighter is, is goes up. You know, even though I'm young, you know, I'm still relatively young. Oh, you can do so much in so little time in boxing. Like you said, you started at 12 years old, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, I was in a darker place. I was doing doing. So I kind of like I always had dreams of traveling to the beach. I met a couple of locals who have a fitness business down there, and they're called uh, Venice Dynamics. If you're on Instagram, you should check them out. Venice Dynamics. And uh, they got a bunch of uh, cool classes down there, and uh, and they're just all about the workout, what you eat, and the vibe. And you know, what I mean, and that's all I'm about too. They keep you know feeling good, you know. And so I was teaching down there, and then I'm not American, so I couldn't stay. So I was like, well, I should hit up Vancouver because I always wanted to live in the mountains, right, and, and the ocean, and all that stuff you see on TV, right, as a kid. So then I, I took my car and I drove across Canada, and I'm in Vancouver, and then I go well. Um, I always wanted to have a business there, so we'll see what I can do. <laughs> so I had a little bit of money saved, and then uh, I spent that first year just building a business. Um, I was teaching in parks, and uh, I was teaching at, actually at an old house at the beginning of the year, built by the owner, and then uh, teaching on beaches, basketball courts, wherever I could, right? Wherever I can get like money going. And then I don't know if you heard about Vancouver, it's really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I lost all my money. I was down and out. But I had to survive. I had nothing. I had no job. I couldn't go. I couldn't go back anywhere. But uh, I met this client. Her name was Candy, sweetheart. Uh, she had a garage, and uh, she said, "Well, if you empty out my so, uh, she, uh, <laughs> we emptied out the garage, and then um, we were able to uh, start bringing clients to the garage. So the garage kind of saved my ass. And I started building up clients uh, there, and as soon as I started hitting a couple clients, it was like, like really, you know, I was eating like peanut butter sandwiches and like." craft dinner, you know, that was like my, uh, my, yeah. my diet. Just getting by. <laughs> and, uh, and then I started, you know, well, during that time I was promoting the shit out of me, but like nothing was really hitting because no matter what your accolades are, like you know I had a good background, you know, it's, it's who you know and, and how yeah. much energy you put into the business, right? Gosh, like I'm a champion and this and that, but it was kind of like, you know, you can't approach the business like that as a person, right, instead of like a champ. And so, yeah, I kind of went that lesson, but then I started getting phone calls and then I started hitting up like private companies. And uh, I'd go, I'd go to, I'd go to the company. I'd go to the business, and they'd have a gym in there, and I'd get contracts with these businesses. So I've been, I, and then I got really co- good contracts with some really high-level businesses, and so I get paid really good money. And then, yeah, man, that's how it's been since. Uh, I hit it. I got good. I got lucky. And then, uh, you know, I got my homies in LA that still like me when I come out there. So sometimes I go out there and I do some work. And then I was able to get involved with some other businesses for myself. And uh, hopefully one day I'll have my own brick and mortar. And right, right now I just use other people's gyms and uh, and I train like you know high level businesses, uh, actors, some celebrities, 
you know what I mean, politicians, all that fun stuff, man. Yeah. So I'm just living the dream right now as much as I can, you know? Absolutely, man. That's quite the story, too. Like, I don't think I've ever heard a, a story like yours, and I want to dig into it now a little bit, just a few questions as we go back, and we'll go through the whole the whole thing, I guess. I mean, like I said, starting at a young age, at 12 years old, that had to have taught you a lot of discipline, like you said, just getting up to train and stuff like that. At a young age, I'm sure you kind of grew into uh, Like you said, you, when you got to your college years, you had uh, a little bit of fun there, but you had to have probably known that worth that uh, kind of lifestyle, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It doesn't mix, you know. If you want to be a high-level athlete, you know, what I mean, you can you can have a couple parties here and there, yeah. but for the most for the most part, it's got to be hundred percent thinking, eating, drinking, you know, your sport, nothing else. Yeah, and you have to know when to you know have some fun and when to be serious, right? Exactly, exactly. It's got to be a good balance. And so you pretty much just decided to get up and leave to Vancouver, just kind of out of nowhere, like no no plans and no plan to like start the business you just thought let's just do it that's pretty much how it came to be or what <laughs> yeah yeah well well i definitely been kind of a creative uh, person my whole life like i said when i was younger I, I actually have things written down of what i wanted to do with my life when i was like maybe seven or eight and i forgot all about it but i went out when i visited home at christmas time i seen my old things and i said one day i'm gonna live in vancouver i want to own a business in vancouver as, as crazy as that sounds but, uh, but you did yeah, it. Um, what's that? You did it. Did it, man. I did it. That's right. Laws of attraction, baby. It's real. <laughs> um, you know, but like I said, though, you know, I had, I had a dark time, too, because I said that I was going to be an Olympian, and I didn't do that. But, you know, other things came from it, and I got to learn a lot about myself. And uh, honestly, man, I got to thank Windsor, too, for that, and Border City Boxing Club, you know. Like, you know, when, when I was at that age working with uh, Josh Candy and Margaret, it was uh, it was pretty much like a, for for kids to stay off the streets. And so for myself and some other kids, they didn't charge us no money. Mm-hmm. And so for us, for us, it was just okay. You guys got to volunteer. You guys got to clean up the gym. You got to like help promote the club. And we're like hell yeah. And uh, so during that time, as a, as a young kid, like I would do all that, and then eventually at like fifteen, sixteen, I was a volunteer coach. I was coaching kids. I'd go to high schools and, and help these other kids that needed help. You know and Whenever they put on boxing shows, we, uh, we would I would promote. I go I go to like houses as a young kid. I'm like, yo, you sponsor us, you sponsor us, and and then uh, you know they'd say, no, we don't want to sponsor. We want to give you money. I go to companies, homes, and sell tickets, and then eventually I would uh, help set up the ring. Right, as a young kid, you know, volunteer setting up rings, and then I became when I was 20, I became a board member. I was a board member of Border City Boxing Club. So I guess what I'm trying to say is all these little things led to me becoming an entrepreneur, right? Because mm-hmm. you got to learn how to talk to people. you got to know how to hustle. you got to know how to market. you got to know how to sell. And you got to learn how to be a leader. And so I learned all of that from, you know, Border City Boxing Club, from my little ghetto gym in Windsor. You know, <laughs> I can't forget where I come, where I come from. You know, I always represent. And, uh, and that's it, man. Now I'm just trying to be, you know, travel the world, doing what I love, and keep expanding, you know, different, different ventures and whatnot. Again, man, just a cool story. Um, like you had mentioned a little bit about um, kind of that dark area. I don't know if this relates to it or not, but you did do the 2016 Olympic trials. Uh, just tell me about yeah. what happened there and uh, what happened afterwards, because you said you did kind of consider going for uh, for next year's, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, that was my second time trying for the Olympics. You know, like I said, they took away the headgear. I was starting to get hit a lot more. Uh, you know, I was in the hospital twice the year before that, just from like stitches in my head and like 
uh, staples in my on top of my eye for like headbutts and whatnot. And so that started to catch up to me, and that, that had a, a factor in, in me not going to the 2020 Olympics. And so for me as a young as a person who said, okay, I'm going to train my whole life to be an Olympic athlete and then not do it. You know, that was very, very hard on me. You know what I mean? I was, I was depressed, and, you know, there was a point where I was like, what else am I going to live for? You know, there was, there was, there was a point where I, where I contemplated not living anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, I had to see a therapist, and, you know, I really, I, you know, I have to thank my family for being there for me, and, you know, and just keep pushing through, you know, and try to do positive things, like focus on business and, and doing the right thing, you know, and being real with myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, uh, that's it. And, uh, but don't ever trust the boxer when he says he's supposed to retire. So maybe I'll start fighting next year. <laughs> yeah, well, you're fighting 200 times. There's definitely no <laughs> close end game. Yeah, look at Mayweather. He always says he's retired. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if the money's right, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, but the one thing I want to get to know a little bit more about is um, you, you've competed in all these prestigious events and uh, tournaments and stuff. Tell me about the Canada versus Italy championships, which you won twice, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I won one as a junior and then one as a senior. Um, I remember I was, I think I was at 16. I had my 17th birthday when I was down there. In Italy? What's that? Was it in Italy? Like, where does it happen? In Italy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, They flew us out to Italy, up in in Rome. So uh, I had my 17th birthday there. The only guy that I could fight was this guy who was like 30-something. In Italy, (laughs) they don't care how old you are. No, I fight this beast. And, uh... Luckily, I had a good coach, and I had a lot of experience at the time. And I mean, you're from Border City, you, you you know you're in Detroit, sparring men, anyways, yeah. right? Like my training partners were world champions out of Detroit, so I was okay with it. But it was funny to, if you look at the pictures. I'm like this little skinny kid with braces just fighting this man. I beat him. I won, <laughs> and then uh, I won again. Canada versus Italy in 2011. I was 21, and again I had to fight. You know, I was a man. Didn't really matter, but mm-hmm. the guy that was bigger than me. And uh, I won that as well. I actually won one fight and lost one fight. And yeah, man, so that's a good question you ask. Is, is I got to travel. I do so much amazing yeah. things. That's another, that's another thing that helped me get over the darkness. Is I was able to travel the world to go to these cool countries, you know, in Ireland or Italy or Germany or France. And, and I got to do these amazing things that a lot of people would never be able to do, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, I look at the positives and, and what I learned from it. And, you know, it's, it's always the experience. You know, it's all, it's all the journey. It's as, as cliche as it sounds. That's the happiest I've been is, is doing the journey, is building my, my boxing resume, building my business. That's the fun. That's why I like expanding. Like I'm investing in other businesses because I get really turned on, like by the the journey of it, mm-hmm. the exciting of it. But I win, win or lose. I love just just going for it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's about what you take out of any experience, right? If you're just focusing on improving things, you're kind of focusing on the negative, right? But if you're um, appreciating the things that you're doing like you said being able to travel and kind of be involved in something you love like there's probably not a day that you consider going to work right yeah yeah no doubt exactly yeah I mean, you know work is man yeah <laughs> doing this you know i've been doing this in windsor too i was, I was training clients in windsor i was working with a couple of the ufc boys i was working with Preplek. yeah i was gonna mention him for sure man and, and randa i was working with her as yeah. well and Cool. It's cool to see them on the international stage. I'm always like, yeah, Windsor Pride. Man. Yeah. yeah, that's what <laughs> I was going to ask. Yeah, actually, it's very true. And because at the time that we were setting this up was right around the time that Kyle debuted. So I had to make sure that I got that in there. And you made some, or, or asked you at least about uh, you know training with him and anyone else you might in Windsor. Yeah, yeah, probably my boy. Uh, we we kind of grew up together, I guess you could say. And at the, in the gyms, right, we knew each other through the gyms. And 
Kreplik's a really good stand-up boxer. Yes. So usually we'd have to we'd have to go to Detroit to find sparring, but uh, Kyle was that good that we were like, yo, if Kyle can do it, let's, let's spar with Kyle. So he was a good southpaw and he was tough and he was skilled. Same with TJ. TJ is really good at stand-up as well. And so whenever we could find some good stand-up guys locally, we'd go we'd go with them. And Kyle was one of them. And and just such a good dude, good person, yeah. good heart. And uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. And same with Randa. I was training with her before she was on the TV show. Um, just awesome uh, working with her, and uh, she just tough as nails, so much heart. Great. Yeah, there just must be something in the Windsor water. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the more I travel, the more I meet, and I meet cool Windsor people like that are killing it in like different areas, whether it's sports or like business or acting. And uh, they're like, "Yeah, from Windsor, got that Windsor hustle." And just, yeah. Like, <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. The toughness in Windsor, man. It's it's true. It is definitely true, man. And I, I love looking in, in, like on like the sports center, right? You see like uh, what's his name, Siddle as one of like the commentators, yep. and then you Joseph. got uh, what's his name? Uh, I forget his name. But he does all the baseball games. He's got the beard, he's got the dark hair, but he's, he's a younger guy. And oh, guy Bre- Brendan Dunlop. Yeah, Dunlop. Dunlop. Like, yeah. What the fuck is Windsor too? Yeah. <laughs> so I, lo- I love I love calling it out. And they go, this guy. They, my nickname's Windsor. Uh, here in yeah oh that's awesome that's <laughs> what, that's that's why i like talking to people like yourself right like people that have gone on to success outside of windsor is still something and someone that we can talk yeah. to and then, and, then, and then you love talking about like oh yeah we miss going to detroit games talking about things you don't like and talking yeah. about you do like and that's just that's part of being you know coming from a small town you, know, you appreciate something and, and that's it that's like what I always like to reminisce with people about is like, you know, like obviously this is a sports podcast and we have athletes on, but kind of taking a step back and, you know, talking about whatever movies and whatever they might like. But in regards to Windsor, one thing that I always like to try and bring up is Windsor pizza and how everybody is on that, that train for Windsor pizza. And I'm, do you miss it or what? Oh my God. Whatever. <laughs> my, my, my cousin owns Antonito's in LaSalle. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm always out there. Yeah, Paulo, Paulo Scalia, he's always, uh, you know, making the pizza. It's so good. If I'm in town, I'm, I'm out there. I'm out there eating the pizza. It's like one of those things you have to do when you come down, right? Yeah, you have to. You got to get a chicken delight from Pounded Box. Uh-huh. Pizza. But pizza can be from anywhere, bro. I mean, you can go no, to, yeah, that's the thing. Not a specific Capono, place. Yeah. Everywhere so fucking good. Even like, I haven't, what? I mean, I was, I was in New York last week. New York had okay pizza. For deep dish, Chicago was the best. But so far, man, like, no one can mess with Windsor, man. That's the truth, dude. Like, we went to Italy, and it was comparable. Like, I have to say. You know, it blew me away, but still at the same time, it was like, yes. Yeah, you know, it's like Windsor Pizza. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a lot of, like, I, like I, I'm an overthinker, so I, I try to figure out why it's so good. And I think a lot of it has to do with the galati cheese. It's the, the toppings in general. Cheese. What's that? The toppings in general. They use canned mushrooms here, which is another key feature to it mm-hmm. so just like small okay. things well, like that the specific ingredients i like that <laughs> yeah and, and, I, and i think being from a smaller city you can afford to, to pay for these uh quality things for the pizza right we're in a major city it's like ah we gotta find cheaper things because rent is so expensive fucking 20 grand a month yeah, in Vancouver. Building, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. every pizza is made with love in windsor yeah <laughs> Italian? I'm Italian. Demore. Yeah, yeah. Fatso. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think you know my, my brother Darren. Actually, have you ever met him? Did Darren ever train at a gym called Synergy for strength and conditioning? Yeah, yeah. Um, but with I, like I, Dave Orton and stuff like that, I did do some training with them right. and shit, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
But speaking of which, let's talk a little bit about your kind of program business that you run out there. What's like, what do you kind of offer to people? Um, is it just boxing fitness in general? Or are you training fighters or is it using boxing for fitness? Uh, yeah, I'm just straight up using boxing for fitness. I think that being a high-level coach for athletes is a totally different uh, passion. And if you're going to do it, you got to be all in. You know what I mean? Like right mm-hmm. now, I'm, I'm operating a business. I'm trying to make money so I can survive and then hopefully be financially independent so I can coach fighters. Yes. But right now, it's all about the business. And yeah, so for coaching fighters, it's totally different. So that's why it's like if I try to coach fighters right now, they wouldn't get my 100%. And when you're coaching fighters, it's got to be able to fighters first, right? Yeah, like you mentioned so, before. Just kind of focusing, yeah, right? Yeah, one day, yeah, I can probably give back. But yeah, right now, yeah, fitness, getting people in shape, making them feel good. You know, I got that Windsor Detroit, uh, you know, style of coaching, <laughs> so they like that. I got some new shit. And actually, I had the opportunity to train at, at the Kronk Gym as well. It's a really famous Detroit gym yeah. that everyone around the world knows. They go, you know, I mean, I have kind of like a niche. They go, holy shit, this guy knows some shit that we don't know. And so that helps. I was going to bring that up when you said you would train with, you know, Detroit boxers or whatever. So you must have went to Kronk then. Yeah, yeah, the original Kronk. So I was lucky, lucky enough to go from 2001 to 2006 when the original one was there at the community center in the dark basement. And that's when, you know, Tommy Hearns was there. You know, Tyson came there before, De La Hoya, any world champion that was trying to make it came through that gym either to spar or to train or to, you know to hang out and then cool. eventually Kronk went to a different location but yeah we got to go I got to go to that one and yeah, I sparred uh, other all gyms throughout there that worked with Keith, Keith Jackson and Tony Harrison and you know K9 these guys are all world champions or world, world, world champions mm-hmm. it's all about the experience right and boxing itself like uh, it doesn't matter who you're training if you're training an athlete Boxing is universal for every sport, every function. And then if you're just training someone that just wants to get in shape or wants to keep in shape, again, same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely it right there. I mean, that's why, like, a lot of the – I was training, working with some football players, too. And uh, they want they, – they said the exact thing you just said, you know? The full body, they want to, you know, get that agility, the balance, speed, and boxing gives you all that. Yep, that's what uh, we're big on here. Uh, we well not me, me but uh, Cedric trains a lot of uh, uh, pro athletes that come down for the summer and stay here and that's what they want to do is they want to do boxing and boxing exercises to help their core you know it's just well rounded that's what it's about right there man everything you just said for an athlete and I mean just humans in general you gotta have all that it's the truth well bro thank you so much for taking the time to do this and it was a great uh, conversation you got a great story and uh, thank you again yeah bro Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Drake Demore here back on the podcast. That was Josh Cameron, a former pro boxer, now running JC Fitness and Boxing out in Vancouver, BC. Beautiful BC. Uh, man, thanks again to Josh for taking the time to do that, man. It's actually been a long time coming. We were trying to uh, establish a time and date to do this. And um, that's actually a funny story because obviously sometimes it is hard to, to set these things up. Sometimes it's super easy. And we were just trying to kind of work with each other's schedules, yet alone the three-hour difference. And this one day, I dropped my phone on the ground from about knee height, sitting down on a chair, the thing went black. 
still on, still vibrating, getting text messages, pinging and all that stuff, and I'm getting phone calls, and I'm thinking, please, please don't be him, because he was like, I'll just give you a shout when I'm when I'm free, and we'll do it then, and sure as shit, it was him, so uh, I tried to reach out back to him, and again, just the scheduling didn't work, and we uh, finally were able to settle on something, which again, I just kind of reached out to him, and he was like, how about now? <laughs> I said, sure, let's do it, bro, always ready, as long as my phone isn't broken, um, but without further ado, Let's take a little bit of time on the podcast here to break down just a tiny bit of sports news. Not going to bore you guys too much, but a little bit of important stuff is our Windsor Lancers football team. They got back into action and kicked things off with a big win at home. Um, the last few years, they've been struggling. They actually have a new coach, but they picked up a big 34-17 to win over the York Lions. A lot of changes in that team, and uh, glad to see them pick up that victory in their first, uh, first game of the season, first home game. Uh, Lancer sports are going to be rolling in now. Uh, we got soccer this week as both the men's and women's team will be in Hamilton taking on the McMaster uh, Martyrs on Saturday. And then on Sunday the 1st, they will be in St. Catharines taking on the Brock Badgers. Uh, basketball, men's basketball, and women's basketball will be starting soon. We have another football game um, on the road on September 1st. They'll be playing in Toronto. Um, we did have a few trades with the Windsor Spitfires. Uh, Nathan Steos, who uh, requested a trade, was sent to Hamilton. He's actually at the Toronto Maple Leafs prospect camp this week, too. And we'll probably be playing some preseason games. So uh, congratulations to him on that and uh, all the best. But Spitfires camp is going to be rolling really soon, and we'll see some new additions. Of course, we know some obvious people that might make it. Maybe there's some sleepers. Who knows? But uh, camp's coming up soon with the blue and white game. Uh, stay tuned on our Twitter for more on that or on the Wind City Sports Radio Show. And we also had BCW, Border City Wrestling Heat Wave, on the weekend. I got to go to about half of it on Sunday at the Comfy Legion. Got to see D'Lo Brown in the semi-main event. And then following um, the intermission, that was when I left, the main event was Brent Banks and Aiden Prince, good friend of the show, defending their tag team titles against the Desi Hit Squad. And after nearly a year, over 300 days, they have lost their titles. And we moved over to a new tag team champion for the first time in a while. Uh, it's been between Brent Banks and Phil Atlas for a bit. So uh, some new and exciting stuff for Border City Wrestling, too. And I'm sure there's always more to come with them. And lots more to come with Windsor and Windsor Sports. As the Spitfires, as mentioned, will be picking up soon with training camp. The season will be here before you know it, as well as our Windsor Express be starting in November or December. But that's all this week on Wind City Sports. My name is Drake Demore, and I'm here every Thursday with a brand new podcast and a brand new episode of the Wind City Sports Radio Show on CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit. Thursdays at 12:30 and Tuesdays you hear a replay at 8 p.m. You can hear every single episode of the Wind City Sports podcast on WindCitySports.com or anywhere podcasts are found, including iTunes and Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, you can directly access our social media at WinCity underscore sports or just search up the WinCity Sports podcast and you should see our Run DMC like logo. Uh, pull that up, give us a follow, like, subscribe, whatever it may be. And you can follow me, Drake Demore, on Instagram and Twitter at Drake Demore. But until next week, smell you later. <laughs>